0: The Lost Spring by Anise Young. Anise Young was born in 1964 in Roorkela. She spent her childhood and adolescence in Hyderabad. Later she pursued her studies in USA. Her parents were both writers and she followed their path and became a renowned columnist and editor for some major newspapers, both in India and abroad. In the lesson, The Lost Spring, Stories of Stolen Childhood, she reveals the lives of two children who had to live their life in utmost poverty, unable to break the shackles of caste and destiny. Their best time of their life, that is their childhood, has been lost forever. Their innocence forfeited the title is itself metaphorical as something that is abstract as the childhood or the spring is what is lost to these children spring is the most beautiful season it is a season of rebirth and rejuvenation it fills the onlookers with happiness and cheerfulness so is childhood which is portrayed here as a spring season of life. These children have started earning their livelihood and have turned to adults before time. They are very often exploited and are the depiction of the dark side, the evil or the dark side of development. Society looks away in spite of the awareness or the child losing the child in him. Anise Young through this lesson tries and tries to switch, as, switch on the alarm to get the undivided attention of the society to reinvent the childhood for those children who have lost it. Anise Young expects empathy from the society and through the story of sahib ialam and Mukesh, she appeals to the readers to come out of our careless attitude. <music> Sahib, the author meets him every day, hunting for riches that is gold in garbage, which means expensive things or things of value. He is a migrant from Dhaka, migrated due to the devastating storms in Bangladesh. Sahib's name means Lord of the Universe. It's a contrast to the life he is leading. The story of Sahib leads the writer to Simapuri a place at the border of Delhi once upon a time it was a wasteland now it is the abode for 10,000 rag pickers they live here in mud houses with roofs of tin and tarpaulin and devoid of facilities like sewage drainage and running water they have no identity for the past 30 years Ration cards enable their entry to voters list, and enable them to buy food. The narrator notices that most of them are barefooted. One of them wear a pair which does not match. The narrator tells that generally, people say that it's not lack of money but a tradition to walk barefooted. Narrator suspects that it may be an excuse to explain a perpetual state of poverty. Narrator recollects a story of a time when a priest's son went to school barefooted and prayed every day at the temple for a pair of shoes. Today, 30 years later, another boy, a priest's son, is lucky enough to wear shoes to school. The narrator remembers the prayer made by the former boy at the temple for a pair of shoes and the prayer to never let him lose it when he gets one. Today, even a priest's son has shoes, but the rag pickers still roam about without shoes. How is rag picking different for adults and children? Survival in Simapuri means rag picking. Garbage to them is gold. Their daily bread, a roof over their heads. It is a survival garbage means much much more to children than to adults they sometimes get a coin or a 10 rupee note so they with the hope of getting more of such things scrounge more into the garbage so for the children garbage is like a gift wrapped in wonder sahib aspires to become a tennis player he proudly wears worn-out tennis shoes discarded by someone. The narrator feels that the game he is watching intensely is a game beyond his reach. One day, narrator finds Sahib walking to the tea stall with a canister. He gets 800 rupees and food, but the narrator feels he has lost his carefree look and happiness. While picking garbage, he was his own master. At the tea stall, he is just an employee. The garbage was his, the garbage bag was his, but the canister is his master's. Mokesh Another child laborer at the glass blowing factory has fixed his dream on being a motor mechanic. Firozabad is the center of India's glass blowing industry, where generations together work around lost hot furnaces, welding glass, and making bangles for all women in the land. They are not aware of the fact that child labor is a forbidden act. About 20,000 children slog in these hot furnaces and end up losing their eyesight at the prime of their age. Mukesh takes the narrator home and the author is pained at the living condition. The lanes are stinging as they are clogged with garbage. Many homes have crumbling walls, wobbly or shaky doors no windows and pathetically the homes are crowded with humans and animals coexisting in the most primitive way. Mukesh's home and meeting Mukesh's family. His home has a wobbly door is a half built shack with thatched dead grass. In one corner is a firewood stove with a vessel full of sizzling spinach leaves. More of chopped vegetables were in the platter. Narrator meets a young girl, Mukesh's elder brother's wife. Though young in age, she commands a lot of respect as the eldest daughter-in-law. She is in charge of Mukesh, her husband, and father-in-law. As Mukesh's father enters, she covers her head as is customary, as a mark of respect to male elders. Mugir's father couldn't afford to send his son to school, nor could he renovate his house. All he managed to do is to teach his sons the craft he knows that is, bangle making. Mugir's grandmother's attitude. She feels that bangle making is his destiny or fate. Though she saw her husband turn blind, that does not stop her from stopping her grandchildren from the bangle-making industry. She feels that it is a God-given lineage, something God has ordained to pass from one generation to the other. Working conditions in Ferozabad The yards of every house has mounds of bangles on handcarts. they're taken around by young men the bangle makers sit in small dark hutments next to oil lamps many boys girls fathers and mothers sit welding pieces of glass into circles of bangles their eyes are more used to working in the dark than in the light thus before they become adults they probably would have lost their sight narrator meets another girl named Savita who is meticulously soldering pieces of glass. Narrator wonders if the girl knows the sanctity of the bangles she is making as these bangles become an important ornament for a bride during her wedding. It is a insignia. It is an insignia on every married woman. Sooner or later even she has to wear it. Even the old woman wears the bangles. But though the bangles sparkle and dazzle on her wrist, there is no light in her eyes. Her husband has achieved what many others could not. He has a roof over his head, as he made a house to live in. Narrator asks them why they they do not form a cooperative. They answer her with horrific tales of being hauled up by Police beaten and dragged to jail on false pretext if they get organized. There is no leader among them, no one who could help them see things differently. They have fallen into a vicious circle of middlemen from where there is no escape. It is a vicious circle which moves from poverty to apathy to greed to injustice. What are the two distinct worlds narrated by the author? The two distinct worlds narrated here one could visualize after talking to them was a family caught up in a web of poverty burdened by the stigma of caste in which they are born. The other one is a vicious circle of sahakars, middlemen, policemen, bureaucrats and politicians. These two worlds have put on a heavy burden on the shoulders of the child. He accepts his fate. If he thinks differently, that would mean that he should be brave. And being brave is not an easy thing. A spark of thinking differently is visible in Mukesh as he dares to dream. He he wants to become a motor mechanic. He is determined to chase his dream even though the path is not so smooth. He says he will walk when the narrator points out that the garage is a long way from home. Few planes fly over Firozabad. Narrator prods him to find if he has a desire to fly planes, to which he says no. He is content to dream of things that are achievable for him, things that are reachable for him. In Ferozabad, he has seen many motor vehicles pass by. It's what he is familiar with. Few airplanes fly over Ferozabad, so a plane is not a familiar sight for Mukesh. Here, since he is dreaming of something that is achievable, the narrator feels that probably he will achieve it sooner or later.